0: Okay, Chuck Wilson, New Hope Community Church. Here we go. Still in Revelation chapter 12. And it's, the title is Conviction versus Accusation. Conviction versus Accusation. You'll see why in just a moment. A quick review. We know God created the earth. We know there was a fall because Satan tempted Adam and Eve. And then they went under sin's power, under Satan's power, under death, uh, the curse of death. But Jesus Christ His death paid for our sins and then the resurrection broke death's power, broke Satan's power. And, and and broke the power. The cross broke sin and the resurrection broke uh, Satan and the uh, death's power. And we just had Resurrection Sunday a couple days ago. So, <laughs> whoo, if you didn't get a chance to listen to that sermon uh, from the book of Acts, you want to shoot over and hear that one too. But the war is now over. Because of the resurrection, because of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection, the war is now over spiritually. But there are still many battles to fight. It's like the Civil War. After Gettysburg, the war was over. But there were still many battles to fight uh, to, to finish it off. But it was, in effect, over. Same thing with World War II. What ended that? D-Day. Once D-Day happened, once we won at D-Day Normandy, it was over. The war was over. It's just a matter of time. And that's what happens because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The war is over, but it's been 2,000 years of mop-up. 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 Mop up, and then now we're going to see finally here in Revelation 12, the, 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 it's like finished. It's going to finish here. Now here in Revelation 12, we are in the mid tribulation. Remember verse 6? We jump to the middle of the tribulation after the, the birth of Jesus, uh, the uh, the ascension of Jesus. We jump to the middle of the tribulation and we see here in the middle of the tribulation, a final battle in heaven that is fought. Though there's still many battles on earth to fight, this is the final battle in heaven that is going to be fought. We will see that Satan loses his place in heaven. He'd already been kicked out much, much earlier, but now he totally loses his access here in Revelation 12. And the only place left for him is the planet Earth. That's the only place he can go is Earth, or hell, ultimately, right? But, But he will make since Earth is his last refuge, he's gonna make life hell on Earth for the last three and a half years of the tribulation as we will see and the rest of, starting today and through the rest of the book of Revelation, he's gonna make it hell on Earth because he knows he's headed to hell and he wants to take everybody else with him. We'll also see that we have a very important part to play in this battle today. This, our lives today have an effect on this final battle here in the middle of Revelation chapter 12, okay, in the middle of the tribulation, in the middle of Revelation chapter 12, okay? So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the promises of your word, the power of your word. We thank you that for the resurrection power that we have, and I just pray that it would be a reality in each of our lives as we fight our spiritual battles. We pray that in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so once again, I'm still... Not seeing great with my right eye, but uh, so if I'm squinting, I'm not becoming a pirate. Uh, it's because I have to use my left eye mostly at this point. But anyway, Revelation 12, starting with verse 7. I'm going to do verses 7 through 12. And it's a wild one. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was not strong enough and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of our Christ. For the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice you heavens and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea because the devil has gone down to you. He was filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. We're going to hit that part next time, you know, his fury and how that comes out here. But first of all, we see here that there is war in heaven. There is a war in heaven. Verse 7, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. There was war in heaven. The Bible teaches us that there is a continuous cosmic conflict, an ongoing war, an ongoing battle, and we are in it. We are in it. If you, every one of us is in it. Christians, non-Christians, everybody is in it. The only question is, are you fighting or are you a prisoner of war, right? And somehow, our battle is connected to the angels' battle. So, Those of us who are in Jesus Christ, put, have put our faith in Jesus Christ, somehow, our spiritual battle is connected to the angels' spiritual battle. We are in this together. In it together. It's all connected. Ephesians 6, verse 10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. We are all in a spiritual battle with the angels, against the demons, against Satan and his demons. We are all in it. The only question is, are we going to uh, be a, a fight or are we going to be a prisoner of war? If you're not in it and you're not fighting it, then you're a prisoner of war. That's the only question. And will we be a victor, or will we be a loser? Will we win or lose in our battle spiritual battle? and the key is the rest of the verses here in Ephesians six verses thirteen to eighteen talks about the need for the armor of God, therefore, put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil 's schemes, so you can take your de- stand against the devil 's schemes. Uh, wait, hold on. I'm mixing this up. Wait, hold on. There, I gotta have to read it. Memory, memory. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. I was mixing up verses, uh, uh, a different one. Uh, stand firm then with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one Evil one. Take this helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Okay, so that's putting on the armor. Devil schemes was in verse 11. Mixing them up. I actually have this memorized, but... 59. Okay, so uh, the, the, the spiritual armor, very, very important to, to put on that spiritual, spiritual armor so that we can win this battle. All right, that's a whole nother sermon. But back to the war. It's Michael fighting against the dragon. Michael fighting against the dragon. Now, we all know who the dragon is. The dragon is the serpent, the devil, Satan. Okay, it's all... Uh, Laid out right here for us. That ancient serpent, uh, that, that think, think of an ancient snake. I, I love fossils and I saw a great article about a fossil. They found in South America a, a colossal snake, the length of a school bus. They found the skeleton, the skeleton of it. It was in the fossilized form and it had been, it was long as a school bus. Um, it said the snake weighed about 2,500 pounds and measured nearly 43 feet long from, from nose to tail. Uh, it was a constrictor. You can imagine this monster was like 43 feet long. Massive, massive snake. Uh, apparently that's how they, how big they got before, uh, before global cooling. Uh, anyway, that's what they said. The article said before global cooling, the snakes got that big. Animals got much bigger. And, <clears throat> um, but, you know, dinosaurs drove cars. But we won't go there. We won't go there. Uh, so anyway, the, uh, they drove too many cars and, you know, all that. Uh, burned too much fossil fuels. I'm having too much fun with this, all right? The cult of global climate change. It used to be global warming, but... Scientists, they, they, I'm getting off track, but I, I gotta say this. Scientists were, they intercepted the messages back and forth. We can't call it global warming anymore because it's not happening. And people are gonna figure out that, that we don't really know what we're talking about. So we're gonna call it climate change. They actually intercepted these messages between, be, between the, the top global scientists in the world. How are we gonna fool the people, you know? Uh, and then tell them to put on a mask. Oh, now I'm really getting out of control. But anyway, uh, so anyway, the, It's all connected, all connected. Uh, so back to the war, Michael, the dragon, the ancient snake, uh, this, I'm getting back on track here. The ancient snake, the, you know, huge, this huge fossil they found, but Satan would make that snake, that giant snake, look like a little worm. He's the real serpent, that ancient uh, serpent, the dragon, and, and he's fighting against Michael. Now remember Michael, the angel? Satan was an angel too at one point, but he rebelled against God, took a third of the angels in heaven with him, thrown out of heaven. Uh, Michael, remember from our Daniel study, he is Israel's special guardian. He's also the general of God's angelic army. Michael, Michael, and notice that it's not Jesus fighting Satan. Uh, no, no, that's not. Everybody thinks, oh, Jesus is fighting Satan. It's such a hard Ah, oh, please, please, you know, Jesus could wipe out Satan like that. He just has to blink his eyes, you know. He just has to say the word, and he will someday. He's going to wipe him out. It's not Jesus, the Son of God, versus Satan. No, 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 no. Uh, he lets his angels fight. Now, why, why doesn't? Jesus, just wipe him out. For some reason, God has a sovereign cosmic purpose for Satan. It reminds me of in Lord of the Rings, Gollum. Remember Gollum? Why did Gandalf let Gollum live? You know, there is some purpose. He knew God had some purpose out there for him, and and that same thing with Satan. But one thing we know is that for sure is that. God uses the spiritual battles to grow the angels, to grow them spiritually and to grow us spiritually, both of us. He uses these spiritual battles against Satan and against his demons to grow us, to grow us. It's kind of like uh, baseball. Uh, I'm teaching... our. Laurel, our young youngest now, she's four and she's going to play t ball. Uh, and so we're, I'm teaching her how to play baseball right now. And i you know, I pitched the ball to her and I'm also put on the tee so she knows to hit it off the tee. But I usually pitch to her and, and she's trying to hit it. And she, she is hitting. She's doing great, doing a great job. But. Out of the t-ball field, she can hit it, you know, back to the pitcher's mound, you know. But where do we want her to hit it? Over the t-ball fence, which isn't very far. Uh, but over the t-ball fence, and maybe someday she'll be able to do that. Now, I could just hit it over the fence any time. Every time I could hit it over that t-ball fence, any time. So, why don't I? Because I'm trying to teach her how to hit it. I'm trying to strengthen her. I'm going to develop her skills. I'm trying to grow her. And that's what God does. God could knock Satan out any time, but he allows us to fight. Satan and his demons, and Satan is just a fallen angel, to fight the fallen angels, but he's the top one, fight the fallen angels, and and that is growing us spiritually. The same with the angels, and we're all connected somehow. But Michael, here in the middle of Revelation 12, last battle in heaven, Satan and the demons lose to Michael. They lose, just like the first time. Just like the first time when they were thrown down to earth, they lose again, and they're and they're thrown out for the final time uh, their access out of heaven, and there's a big party in heaven here. We see a big party in heaven, there's rejoicing, there's praising. Now remember, they had Satan and his demons had already lost their place in heaven. But they were still given access. What for some reason God still, even though they couldn't live there, they were given access into heaven. In fact, in Job 1, in Job 1 verses 6 to 7, we see Satan using his access. One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, From roaming through the earth and going back and forth. And that's where he's got to He's stuck. He can't live in heaven. He's stuck on earth. Uh, and so we we see that he, he, um we see that, well, anyway, I'll, I'll read the next verse too. That, uh, then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing, Satan replied? Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his hands, so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. Alright, and then verse 11, he says, But stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. So we see that Satan can't, he's out on earth, but he can't touch Job. We are under God's protection. Remember, we talked about this many times. We are under God's security. But, but Satan also has access to God, and he accuses. Just like he accused Job. Hey, he's not for real. Just because you're blessing him. If you don't bless him, he won't follow you. So, so we're under his protection, but, but Satan also has access, and he also accuses us. And that's what Satan does with his access then and now and everywhere in between. He, he, he accuses us. He's tolerated right now at this very second. He's tolerated because God recognizes the justice of his accusation. Remember the Chronicles of Narnia and, 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 and Aslan put up with a witch and her accusations because there was a justice to them until that was broken, until that was broken, which we're going to see here in just a moment, okay? But but since the cross, and since the resurrection, there's been another person speaking up for us. We have an accuser, Satan, but there's another person speaking up for us. We now have a defense attorney, not just a prosecutor in Satan, but now we have a defense attorney in Jesus Christ. In Satan... So here we have Satan, he's tempting us, he plants a thought in our mind, and as soon as it hits us, he says, see, you're, you are so bad, it's, you're so bad, I can't believe you just thought it. When we're, he was the one who planted it. And, and, and it, it's not sin unless we enjoy it. It's not sin unless we own it. It's not sin unless we act on it. And, and that's, that's the, the impulse that we want it, or we, we, uh, you know, Think about it, and we own it. We act on it. That's what makes it a sin. But it's not the the, the the temptation is not a sin. But but a lot of us don't realize that. So he he hits us with a thought and, and then accuses us. And and then uh, but often we do own it. We do act on it. And then then he runs to God and he accuses us. He's the prosecutor. See what they did? See what they just did? Can you believe it? And Jesus is right there now as our defense attorney. And he says, "Yes, but I paid for that sin." I paid for that sin. When they put their faith in me, it was paid in full. The devil then says to the Father, but how can you call that filthy, worthless creature your child? You you have to throw them out, just like you threw me out of heaven. You've got to disown them. You've got to throw them out like the trash that they are. You know, he, he, He hammers away at us. But Jesus, right there, he has an answer. It's true, Father. They're a real mess. But they're your mess. They're your mess now because I died for them and they put their faith in me. And, and they're counting on me to forgive, to help them get forgiveness and to turn their life around. And they, Father, they need your mercy and grace. Let us then approach the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and grace and find to help us in our time of need. God, God, that Jesus keeps turning us back to God's mercy and grace. And, and then the devil says, see, see what they're doing? See what they're thinking? You can't let them get away with it. You must punish them. Jesus. Answers every time, Father, that's your child. And we don't punish our children. We discipline them. Feels like punishment. He still spanks us, but he disciplines us. And, and Father, I think you know exactly what they need. A dose of discipline and a flood of grace. You know what they need. And that's what God, Jesus is doing for us right now. We have a beautiful picture of this in Romans 8. In Romans 8 verse 31 where it says this. It's just a beautiful picture of this. If I can find it. Oh, here we are. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Obviously no one. Because why? Why? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Once again, no one can. Why? Because Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. That's what Jesus is doing. Every accusation has a defense. Which we're gonna see what they are in a minute here. And Satan's accusations don't work on God because of Jesus standing right there. So, he turns his guns on us. And he uses accusation and shame on us. You, you know, he says stuff to us now. He didn't work on God, the Father, because of Jesus standing right there. So he says, you, says to us, you can't be a Christian. God will never forgive that. You ever hear that? You will never have victory. This struggle, will this sin will haunt you to the grave and beyond. That's Satan's accusation. And there's more. God can't use you. You can't change. You will never change. Uh, you know, in fact, you shouldn't have to. You can't fight your feelings. You can't fight your feelings. This is who you are. God made you this way. That's right. <laughs> God made you this. Made you this way. Go ahead and get that sex change. Your, your gender is fluid. Fluid. Go back and forth. Find out who you really are. Let me help you. That's right, it's demonic. The whole thing's demonic. Completely demonic. So many times we buy it. So many times we buy it. We listen to the lie. We even help the devil. We beat ourselves up and we beat other people up. We help the devil out with it, right? Uh, but we often we often think it's God talking when we get accused. We think it's God talking because we don't understand the difference between, between accusation and conviction. There's a difference. And this is accusation's goal is to shame us. It's to shame us. It's to discourage us. It's to get us to give up and to keep repeating the sin. To to flush the toilet and go right down the toilet bowl. You know, that's what it wants. But conviction is from the Holy Spirit. Accusations from the devil. Conviction is from the Holy Spirit. And conviction's goal is repentance. And once we repent, once we say, God, I'm going to stop. I'm going this way. Please forgive me. Help me. Help me. Mercy and grace. As soon as we say that, it's done. It's done. It, it's done. And if you repent, you make things right with God, and you're still getting beat up by the thoughts, by the, the accusation, by, by the reminder of what you did, if you're still getting beat up, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's either your overactive conscience or it's Satan accusing you. It's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit convicts, and once we repent and turn, it's gone. Anything after that is either Satan's accusation or our overactive conscience it's or you know both either us and satan or you know both of us now it, he gives us in verse 11 three secrets for fighting satan's accusation back in revelation 12 verse 11 and this is really key three secrets to fighting satan's accusation it says here they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony they did not love their life so much as to shrink from death you get that? Three things. The blood of the Lamb. Let's learn from these angels and these tribulation saints. is the same key for us today. It's all part of the same battle. We're, we're loosening Satan's grip right now by fighting our spiritual battles. He says, by the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb that was shed on the cross. Talking about the cross. We are all, because of the cross and Jesus dying on the cross, we are all under the blood of Jesus Christ. And we have to claim that daily. We have to claim that blood and that we're under the blood. When we're hit with temptation, when we're hit with, we fall into sin, we, we hear accusation in spiritual battle, we have to claim the blood of Jesus Christ. It's a reminder that we are under the blood. I see it constantly. It's a constant reminder. When I'm tempted, when I'm fearful, when I'm discouraged, when I fall on my face, when I have shame, I say the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ. It's a reminder that I'm under the blood. That I'm under the power of the blood. And and and, and I'm under the Jesus Christ's protection. The blood of Jesus Christ over me and my over me, over my family, over my church family. The blood of Jesus Christ. And I pray it for people in the community that I'm praying will come to Christ. I pray the blood of Jesus Christ. And and I I'm under the blood. That sin I just confessed, that old shameful stronghold that I'm still fighting at times, as under the blood. It's under the blood of Jesus Christ. Very important. The blood of Jesus Christ. So you better learn to start saying that and praying it. The blood of Jesus Christ. We're depending on the blood. We're depending on what Jesus did for us on that cross. That's a dependence on that. And also he says the word of their testimony. The word of their testimony. We have to claim the word, the word of God, and make it a reality in our life. So it's our testimony. The the word becomes our testimony when we live it. We have to know it, we have to believe it, and we have to live it. And when we do that, it becomes the word of our testimony. It, it becomes the, the, the truth that we're living out the word. And that's what also overcomes it. In 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11, one of my favorite verses of all time. 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11 to where it says, Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God by the spirit of our God when 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 satan tempts us and he accuses us and even gets us to trip up in one of these areas again and say see that's still what you are you still are that in that list you're still that but but uh, uh but no that's what i was that's what some of you were that's what we all were that's what i was No, that's what I was, but I am washed, justified, sanctified, washed, clean justified. In God's sight, it's just as if I never sinned. Sanctified. And sanctification has two parts. We might still be struggling, but sanctification is positional. The moment we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we are positionally sanctified, seated with Jesus Christ. But there's also the practical sanctification in God's Word. And that's what we are here on earth. And that's a progressive, lifelong battle to become more like Jesus Christ. It's progressive. And, and it's very important to, to recognize that, no, that's who I was. That's not who I am. That's the, the truth, and I'm going to live it. And I might still st- st- stumble, stub my toe, fall flat on my face, but I'm going to get back up because that's not who I am anymore. That's who I was. And I'm going to live as justified, washed, justified and sanctified. That's how I'm going to live through Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of His God, of my God. And 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 Satan will keep trying to say, no, that's who you are. No, no, that's who I was. That's who I were. <laughs> that who I. That, that's who you are. That's who I were. Yeah, that's what some of you were. That's who I used to be. That's who I was at one time. And the next time, and I love this saying, The next time the devil reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. Remind him of his future. Alright, so we see that uh, so, so often we forget with the word of our testimony. We forget our testimony and how powerful it is. We forget our, what God is doing and what He has done and what we were. We forget that. We get discouraged. So many people get down and, and, and oh, I messed up again. They'll come to me and, oh, I messed up again and I can see they're down. And I often say to people, yeah, but look how far you've come. Don't focus on what you've just done. Look how, how far you've Come. How far you've come. Yeah, you messed up, but you used to live there. Yeah, you messed up. Okay, it's a shame. You know, it's terrible. You feel bad. Repent. Move on. You know, get back on the horse. Look how far you've come. You used to live there. Yeah, you're, you're having some marriage struggles, but at least you're struggling now. You were oblivious before. Yes, you messed up and fell, but you used to do that daily and not have any feel bad about it at all. You had nothing, you know. You've come a long way, maybe. You know, and, and you know, have to look at where we come from. Not what we've just done, but how far we have come, how far Jesus has brought us. Very, very important. So, overcoming by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Facing death, the tribulation. This is, going to, is, is, is every Christians and, and Jews are going to face constant death, constant persecution. But it's also reality now. You read Voice of the Martyrs or Church or Open Door Ministries. You see what Christians all over the world are facing, and it's coming here soon. Won't be long. Uh, set your watch by it. You know it won't be long. Plan on it. It's, it's coming here soon. But we all must start practicing it daily now practicing daily that we don't love our lives so much as to shrink from death. Start practicing that daily now. We can't wait for the big persecution to get here. We can't wait for the big test in the middle of the tribulation. No, no, no. We must carry our cross daily now. We must die to ourselves daily now. This is all part of the spiritual battle. Preparing for that big battle. And, and loosening Satan's grip on our lives and on this planet. Galatians 2.20 I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me. Listen, that's we all have to, to realize the reality and live out the reality of that verse that we are we are crucified with Christ and we don't live it. Christ lives in me. Have, did you you ever we're, we're dead spiritually, dead to sin, dead to the world, dead to to the flesh. We are dead. Have you ever tried to tempt a dead person? Try it sometime. You're at you're at a funeral, or awake. Somebody's in the coffin. Go up and try to tempt them. Hey hey hey, buddy. You want a cigarette? They're not tempted. Hey, you want a beer? They're not tempted. <laughs> They're not tempted. They're dead. And we are dead. It says, I've been crucified with Christ. Crucified with Christ. A dead person doesn't care. They're dead. We are dead to Sin, Romans 6, we're dead to sin. And as we die to self, and as we learn to live by faith, we're gonna experience victory. We're gonna learn to ignore temptation and accusation. We're gonna learn to do that. We're gonna take, we're gonna break Satan's grip on our life, and on our families, and on our churches, and on this planet. It's huge. Every time, every time you experience a spiritual victory, you weaken Satan's hold on your life we weaken his hold on our life and and not only that we weaken his hold in heaven and ultimately on this planet earth we weaken his grip on it every time we experience a, a a a victory it's all and all of his attacks are grounded in accusation when we live in victory we take away his ammo he can't accuse us we we, we The case is thrown out of court. You know, The defense throws it out of court. The judge throws it out of court. God says, that's enough. We see here in uh, Revelation 12, that's enough. Look at my kids in the tribulation itself. After 2,000 years, they're still faithful. Still faithful. You lose. Shut up and get out. And they get thrown out of heaven. We're going to see the blow up that happens next time uh, when we finish Revelation 12. But how is God speaking to us today? How is he speaking to us today? Maybe you feel defeated. Maybe you feel discouraged. Don't give in. Don't give up. It does matter. Every little battle matters. Every little attack standing up against Satan matters. Every little sin that you repent of matters. Every stronghold that you break or weaken, it matters. It matters. matters. Depend, the blood of Jesus Christ. Depend on it. Say it. Depend on it. Memorize it. Memorize Romans 8-1. Therefore, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 1 John 1-9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and will purify us from all unrighteousness. Memorize it. We have to overcome him with the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. We must make the word of God a reality in our life. We, the book Victory Over Darkness is awesome. Victory Over Darkness, Neil Anderson. But in that, there's a list of all the things, who who I am in Jesus Christ. Read that. Memorize those verses. Claim who we are in Jesus Christ, the word of our testimony. And then we have to die to self. Dying to self. What area of our life is God calling us to nail to the cross? to break Satan's power in our life. And maybe as we go to this time of prayer, maybe you're listening to this and you can't fight shame. You can't fight accusation. You have never put your, you've never put your faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. You've never put your faith in him and let him change your life. But you can do that now. You can break his power now. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Let's pray. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? The word believe there in John 3, 16 doesn't mean intellectual. It means the heart to completely depend on to put your faith in to repent of sin and put your faith in Jesus Christ. You can do that now for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The simple but powerful prayer of faith. God, I believe in Jesus. I believe he died for my sin so that I could be forgiven. I repent of that sin. I turn away from that sin. I ask you to forgive me because I'm putting my faith in Jesus. His death, His resurrection, for me to give me a new life, I put my faith in Him. I give my life to Jesus. If you have prayed that prayer of faith, or if you do, rewind it, listen to it again. If you pray that prayer of faith, or if you do pray that prayer of faith, something crazy, amazing has happened. The power of sin has been broken. Satan's grip on you has been broken. Death's curse has been broken. You have a brand new life in Jesus Christ. It starts this very second and goes on through all of eternity. You'll be with him for all of eternity. Instead of with Satan in hell. Where would you rather be? With Jesus in heaven or with Satan in hell? you got to pick. You have to choose. And not choosing is a choice. Not choosing is choosing Satan in hell. Is the Holy Spirit convicting you, pulling on your heart? Pray that prayer of faith. Give your life to Jesus Christ. Let somebody know so that we can be excited for you. You have a family member or a friend or somebody at work or somebody at school or on your team. Somebody, tell them so they can be excited and help you grow, get connected with the body of Christ and to grow a good church, a good Bible study. Grow. Get your, get your They'll get you a Bible. Grow spiritually. If you need help, email me, nhcc at comcast.net, Chuck Wilson, and I'll get you connected. I'll be excited for you. I'll get you a Bible. For those of us who are already Christians, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Maybe we've been discouraged. Maybe we've been living in defeat. Maybe Satan has been beating us up. But today is the day we say, "Uh uh-uh. Back on the horse. Back to the throne of mercy and grace. Back to God. Back to my sanctification. Back to my sanctification. The blood of Jesus. The word of of, of my testimony. Dying to self. So that Jesus can live in me. Father, I pray that every one of us, this would be a day that we would break Satan's power in our life even more. Sin's power even more. The curse's power even more. Realizing it, It's all been broken, but we would be, realize it even more through faith today. I pray that you would encourage everyone listening to this to fight, to fight. And to prepare for the really big fight coming. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you might want to listen to that one again. And again. And again. And wait till we finish the chapter next time. It's going to be wild, okay? God bless.